0: I want you to turn this morning, first of all, to the Gospel of Romans, please, chapter number 10. And we're going to read in four particular places this morning in the New Testament. I do that to show you that what I'm preaching is a very Bible message. And there is one subject that will link these four different verses together and show you how the Lord puts this together this morning in our hearts and in our lives book of Romans, chapter number 10, and verse number 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and say this little line out, with, out loud with me, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For our second scripture, go back to the chapter before this, Romans chapter number 8. And verse number 34. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Say this with me. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, also maketh intercession for us. Because he lives, he maketh intercession for us. For our third scripture this morning, turn back to the gospel of John, please. Chapter number 14 and verse number 19. John chapter 14. And verse number 19, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me. And say this line out loud with me, because I live, ye shall live also. Jesus said, just as sure as I live, ye shall live also then for our last scripture, turn to the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 31. Acts chapter 17, verse number 31. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, Say this with me there. And that he hath raised him from the dead. He will judge the world in righteousness by that man, the scripture says, whom he hath raised from the dead. Now there is one truth that links these four verses together. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what all four of these verses have in common. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's worded that God raised him from the dead. That man whom he hath raised from the dead. Because I live, ye too shall live also. So these four verses are linked together by the doctrine of the resurrection of of Jesus Christ. But there's an underlining subject. That also links these verses together. Not just the fact that Christ arose from the dead. But in these four verses. We are given something. That God has promised. God has guaranteed. And it's backed by the guarantee. Of the resurrection Of Jesus Christ. It not only tells us that Christ is risen, but because He lives, there are some things that God has promised that are guaranteed. It is backed by the fact that Jesus Christ ever liveth. And we're living in a world where everybody wants a guarantee from the appliances you buy. To the furniture you're still making payments on. To the automobile you pay way too much money for. And to the house that the bank owns and they graciously rent it to you on a monthly basis. But everything we buy, we want to guarantee with it. Can I trust this product? Can I really rely on this? Is it really worth what it costs? But I found something out about a guarantee. A guarantee is only good as long as the people that's guarantee it have the power and the ability and the honesty to back it up. But can I promise you today on the authority of the word of God. There are some things that God has promised us. There are some truths and treasures that God has given us that are guaranteed they are backed by the authority of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus lives and lives forever. We can put our faith and our trust and our hopes and our dreams And even our eternal destiny in the fact that because Jesus lives, God guarantees that that truth is so. In the first scripture we read this morning, I want to call that the atonement. The atonement for our sin. Or let me word it like this, the blessing, the privilege, the assurance of our salvation salvation. Romans chapter number 10, we call it God's simple plan of salvation. In fact, if the book of Romans was all the book we had, man would be without excuse not to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because he begins in chapter number 3 and reminds us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He takes us to chapter number 5 and reminds us that death is passed upon all men because all have sinned. He takes us to chapter number 6 and reminds us that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And he brings us into the holy realm of chapter number 9, God's plan of salvation. Where he says, if we'll believe in thine heart and confess Jesus with our mouth. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because he said in the verse that we read, we believe in our heart that God the Father hath raised him, God's Son, Jesus Christ, from the dead. People say to me all the time, Brother Joe, the salvation you preach, it sounds like you're pretty assured of it. I am very, very assured of my salvation. You say, well, Brother Joe, how can somebody be so positive and anchored and assured That their salvation is real and they know God and they have a relationship with God through His Son Jesus Christ and one day heaven's gonna be their home. How can you be that assured? I'll tell you how. I can take you this morning to an empty grave where it says over the door and I've been there. He is not here. He is risen. But if you never make a physical trip to that place in Jerusalem where the sign over the door says, He is not here, He is risen. I can take you on another trip and point you to this heart of mine that one day as a sinner I realized I was lost and undone and headed for a devil's hell. But I put my faith and trust in what Christ did upon that cross. And that he shed his blood and fulfilled the very laws of God and satisfied the demands of God justice and mediated the demands of God's holiness. And on that third day arose from the grave, swept out an empty tomb. And because my faith and my trust is in a living Savior that God raised from the dead, I can have salvation, a no-so-salvation and a personal salvation And a forever salvation because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. And our salvation today from sin and hell and to go to heaven is centered on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I didn't call upon a figment of my imagination, I did not put my faith and trust in my religion. I did not put my hopes and my dreams and my faith and my trust in a dogma or a fairy tale story, but I place my trust and I place my soul and I place my eternal destiny and I place my sins in the fact that Jesus Christ not only died for me, but he lives for me. And I have believed in my heart on the only one that's the Savior that God raised from the dead. And aren't you glad we know who Jesus is? Our salvation is based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The second verse that I read, not only I don't want to use the word atonement for my sin, but the second verse that I read, I want to call it the answer to my prayers. The second verse I read in the book of Romans, chapter number 8 said that, because God hath raised Him from the dead, He is in heaven at the right hand of the throne of God. And the Bible said, He maketh Intercession for us, I love what Brother Shane said in the announcements our push groups that meets pray until something happens. he made the statement, God still answers prayer and prayer still works. you say, Brother Joe, how do you Christians believe in this prayer and believe in the power of prayer and the privilege and the blessing of prayer what gives you that kind of assurance? Because when we pray, we don't pray to an historical figure of the past. We don't pray for a religious founder who is still enshrined in their grave. No, we're not praying to a statue of wood or stone, nor a mental God, nor a money God, nor a metal God. But when we look up toward heaven and pray and talk to God and pray, Ask Him and beg Him for mercy and help and encouragement. We are not praying to a statue. We are not praying to a dead a religious, political, a historical figure. But we are praying to the living Savior and the living Lord and the living God. And because Jesus Christ is alive today, we have the assurance and the privilege and the glory of answered prayer. I'm glad when we pray, we're calling on the living God, the living Lord, and the living Savior. I tell people all the time, your loved ones, especially your mother and father, tell them you love them while they're in your presence. Tell them you love them. Tell them you appreciate them. You say, what has my mom and daddy done for me? They fed your carcass. Can I get an Amen. And I tell people all the time, tell your mama you love them. Tell your daddy you love them. Tell them why they can hear it. We call it giving roses, why they can smell them. Because I've seen people come before a coffin and they try to apologize or they try to make things right to someone who is deceased. That someone cannot answer them. They cannot forgive them. They cannot commune with them. They cannot accept their apology because life has left their body. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad a while ago when we prayed, we called on the Lord. We did not talk to a dead carcass embalmed and entombed in a grave in Jerusalem But when we prayed in the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus, we prayed to the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. And because He lives and because He is alive, we know that He hears our prayer and He answers our prayer. It's not like talking to the wall. It's not even like talking to a teenager. Somebody is really listening. You said, I didn't get that point. Then you've never tried to talk to a teenager. How you doing? Where are you going? Where are you from? I have met ump that was born in ump and he lives in ump and he works in um and he ain't worth a Oh, I'm glad when you talk to Jesus, you talk to somebody that's alive. The atonement for our sin, the answer to our prayer. The third verse I read, I want to call it like this. Because he lives, there's another resurrection. The third verse we read, Jesus promised his own. Because I live, because I live, ye too shall live also. Someone said, you know, the Bible says we shouldn't cry or sorrow at the grave of our loved ones. The Bible does not say that. What the Bible does say is we sorrow not as others which have no hope. Yes, we cry. Yes, we weep. Yes, we sorrow. But not as others which have no hope. Because we that know the Lord Jesus Christ, you may be without wealth. You may be without health. You may be without good fortune in your life. But you are not with hope hope you may reach a place one day when you're without friends and you're without family and you're without money and without physical pleasures and possessions of life but if your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ you will never never ever be without hope when I stood in this very place and said a few words over my dad who went to heaven I miss my father. I really miss my father. There's a lonely place in my heart. I miss dad. He was my hero. He was my best friend. But down on the inside, beyond the pain and beyond the hurt and beyond the grieve is a blessed assurance that I know one day he's coming out of that grave and I'm going to come out of my grave. And brother, it is guaranteed. It is back By the full authority of the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus alive. Because Jesus arose. Because Jesus lives. There will be another resurrection. Paul said to the Corinthian believer, He is the first fruits of them that slept. Ladies and gentlemen, because Jesus lives, I'm glad we have the blessed assurance. That we shall live again. I looked down here and I saw brother Daniel crying during the singing. And I know what's on his heart. I know what's on his mind. His son Corey, the last time for him to be in church was a year ago today. It was on an Easter Sunday. And he got to come to church with his family on Easter Sunday. By Thursday morning he was in a terrible car wreck. And months later he passed away and. Went on to glory. The reason why he can sit here today and not lose his mind. And lose his sanity. During that same time his father, a godly man, got sick and died and went to heaven. And I'm sure today a lot of memories, Daniel, are flooding your heart and flooding your mind. And maybe even the voice of the evil one trying to torment you. But the reason why he can sit there and stay in his right mind that. Hallelujah. There is a hope. There is a hope that's anchored deep in the heart of his soul. And you say, what is it based in? The riches of the family. No, I don't think they're that rich. If they are, I want to get included. No, it's not. Well, well, they must own a big this. Or they must have a whole... No, 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 no. In their heart, there is a hope. There is an assurance That this is not the end. No, no, no. This is not the end. And Horace, don't you take this wrong. The doctor nor the undertaker has the final word. Neither does the preacher have the final word. As we do the committal and we say we commit this body to the dust from which it came. In Jesus name, amen. The doctor doesn't have the final word. The preacher doesn't have the final word. I want to know who's got the final word. Jesus said, because I live, you too shall live also. And may I remind you this morning, just as sure as Jesus walked out of that cemetery one day, another resurrection will come and the dead in Christ shall rise again. You say, how can we be so positive about that? It's guaranteed. And it's backed by the authority of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The atonement for sin, the answer to prayer, another resurrection. But the last verse we read this morning, ladies and gentlemen, Acts chapter number 17 Write this down, an appointment to a day of judgment. An appointment to a day of judgment. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 31 to me is one of the most powerful verses that's connected to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A lot of times it's an often overlooked verse connected to the resurrection. We get caught up in them verses because Jesus lives. Man, we're going to live because Jesus lives. He's at the right hand of the Father because Jesus lives. He's our great-high priest because He lives. We have someone that answers our prayer. And I want to say amen to that and hallelujah to that. But this verse is often overlooked. But to me, it's the most powerful verse that's connected to the resurrection of Christ. And the Bible said, guaranteed... By the resurrection. Because Jesus lives today. God has appointed a day. Not when just brother Joe. Not when just brother Tom, brother Jerry, brother Shane. Not just when this one or that one. But that there's coming a day. That all men will be judged In righteousness. There won't be no crooked judges there. There won't be any biased judges there. There won't be any judge that's a bigger sinner than the one he's sentencing for his sins. There won't be any intimidated or bought off judges there. It says that God hath appointed a day whereby all men, all of us, everyone in this room. Will be judged in righteousness. And you say, Preacher, how can you be so assured of that? Well, he said it in verse 31 of Acts 17. By that man, Jesus Christ. It says two things about him. Number one, that God ordained that man. God has approved. God has chosen. God has selected. God has placed his authority. By that man he hath ordained. And by that one, Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says, whom he raised from the dead. Can I say it to you like this this morning? Just as sure, just as sure as Jesus lives and he does. You believe the Lord's alive and well? You believe he lives? Just as sure as he lives. Just as sure as there is an empty grave. Just as sure as He saves those who call upon Him. Just as sure as He answers prayer. Just as sure there will be another resurrection. Because of that we can be sure that there is coming an appointment. A day where all men will be judged by that man who God raised from the dead. I remember one time I had a doctor's appointment. And when you're young, you don't think you're going to get sick. And then one day you wake up and you're sick and you don't even know where and you feel bad because you don't know where and you're going to be sick tomorrow. You just know before you get up. One of my children looked at me a while back and said, Dad, you've gone to the doctor every day this week. I said, "Shut up," Because I used to say to my mom and dad, you got to go to the doctor again, got to go to the doctor again. How many times are you going to go to the doctor? And all you young, flaming people in the prime of your life, get your AAPRCYZY card out. You're on your way too. But I got afraid to go. It was about my back. Some, one of my members come up to me and said, You don't want to go to that doctor. He paralyzed my friend. Thank you. You have the gift of encouragement. You must be an original Baptist. he said, what would you do? Preacher, did you go on anyway? No, sir, I canceled that appointment. When that receptionist said something wrong, I said, yeah, I got a bad report today. I didn't lie. I did get a bad report. The bad report is that dude paralyzed the guy before I got in there. And I broke my appointment. I know a lot of people have called and canceled. You book a vacation. You book a motel room. The first thing you say, what is your cancellation policy? Well, if you'll call within 48 hours, you know, there are some appointments you can break. I read the other day where a young lady was at the altar. I I, I mean, a young man was at the altar. And they were playing the great introduction song, here comes the bride. The bride never came. He waited 10 minutes. He waited 15 minutes. He told the best man, go see what's keeping her. He came back and said, she called a cab, dude. She's gone. There are a lot of appointments in life you can break, reschedule, or just not show up. But, well, ladies and gentlemen, listen to Brother Joe this morning. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the sweet Holy Spirit, there is an appointment that you cannot break. There is an appointment that you cannot reschedule. And there's an appointment that you can be a no show because the angel of God will bring you there. And there is a judgment. Can I remind you this morning because Jesus lives, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we're living in a world of chaos, we're living in a world of confusion. And the world says, have this and you'll know peace. Drink this and you'll have peace. Experience this and you'll have peace. Try that and you'll have peace. And people spend their whole life looking, searching, trying, experimenting with truth and satisfaction, trying to find something that will give them hope of eternal life. Ladies and gentlemen, you can search this world over. But until you come to Jesus Christ, And put your faith and trust in Him. You will never know the joy of knowing God. Real peace and enjoying the salvation of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, I know the world acts like it's going to stand forever. But it's going to end someday. Time is going to be no more. Man can flaunt himself and stick his fist in God's face and blaspheme God's holy name and act like there is no judgment. But the Bible said just as sure is there is an empty tomb. There is a throne and there is an appointment. And one day there will be a judgment. Can I remind you today there is a consequence of rejecting Jesus Christ. Salvation is not like going through a cafeteria, pick this and choose that. No, it's Jesus or darkness. It's Christ or eternity in hell. I'm so glad one day I heard the gospel and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Going to church won't save you. Going through religion won't save you. But Christ will save you from the day of judgment. It's guaranteed on the resurrection. Just as sure as Jesus lives, I can know salvation. Just as sure as Jesus lives, God will answer my prayer. And just as sure as Jesus lives, there will be another resurrection. And just as sure as Jesus lives, there is an appointment to judgment. Are you ready? I'm not asking you to put your faith in me. I'm not asking you to put your faith in our church. You will be gravely disappointed. But I'm pointing you to Jesus Christ. He's everything that he claimed to be and more. Can we stand together this morning with our heads bowed all over the building? I want to come and I want to sing just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Today I want you to ask yourself this question. If this was my last Sunday, if this was my last opportunity, If this was my last opportunity to hear the gospel and make a decision for Christ, what would I do with it? If I met my eternal destiny a day from now, four days from now, six days from now, or 30 seconds from now, where will I spend eternity? And I recommend today with all full assurance of the gospel. That Jesus Christ will meet your need. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Maybe you have a need. Whatever it is. I'm glad the altar is open. You can come and talk to your heavenly father. But I beg you today. In Jesus name. Do not leave until you know that you know. Your sins are forgiven. And you have a relationship with God. You're going to miss hell. And gain heaven. Because you put your faith. And a risen Savior. While we sing together everyone. Here we go now.